0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: You know what the longest five to 10 minutes are, you guys? It's the five to 10 minutes you're supposed to leave the conditioner on before you wash it out. It, I don't can someone write to me and tell me how to do it, because let me let me explain what happens. I always have these lofty goals. I buy expensive leave in conditioners, hair masks, Olaplex treatments, and I buy them with the intention of following the instructions and leaving them on my hair for five to ten minutes like a hair mask and then washing it off. However, you need wet hair to do it. It's not like you could apply it before the shower, let it sit and then take a shower. You have to wash your hair and then apply it. So I never know what to do in that five to 10 minutes. Cause let me tell you what I'm not doing. I'm not standing in the shower for five to 10 minutes. And I, I, I'm like, Oh, this is going to be the day I'm going to get out, wait, and then get back in the shower. Let me tell you what's never happened since the day I was born that that's never happened. What are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to stand in the shower are you supposed to get out? How do I do it? I've never seen time pass so slowly as when I have conditioner in. And I'm going to be honest, you guys, I usually make it like 35 seconds every time. I'm like, oh, this is going to be the time. I am It's. I have a good at least two minutes in me. And then without fail, I mean, I'm lucky if it's 35 seconds, it's probably 20 seconds. I have terrible... ADD and I'm incredibly hyper. I can't, it doesn't, I don't know what to do. Can someone tell me what to do about the conditioner? I need help. How do I do it? What do I do? Do I bring like games into the shower? Like, what am I supposed to be doing in there? Or do I get out? How do I do it? Hey guys, welcome to Social Studies. I'm your host, Jenna Kingsley, and I promise you this is nothing like the social studies you learned in school. Okay guys, now it's time for the don't hate me of the week. Don't hate me, because I I don't want to bring this up and stress you guys out, but you guys, in two months, it's going to be 2022. Do you know how crazy that is? Don't you remember when it was 2020 and all we talked about was how terrible 2020 was? And in two months, it's going to be 2022. Two years, two years since 2020. How is that possible? Time goes so fast. But with the pandemic, I feel like we lost two years and it's confusing. I'm always like, oh, yeah, I remember last year. And I was like, oh, no, that was three years ago. It's so weird. There's like a void because we were all like trapped inside for a year. So I'm like, there's this weird void that happened. I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't think about it because it stresses me out how quickly time passes. I always say time is our most valuable commodity. Anyway, don't hate me for bringing that up, but I had to address it. I couldn't live alone with that stress. I had to share it with you guys. I had to put it on you. Okay. That's how this works. Happy Halloween week to everyone. I always laugh Halloween because, you know, I know sexy costumes are a thing. And when I look back through the years of the things I've worn for Halloween, I always am the least sexy person in the room. I've seen memes before, like the other girls on Halloween and first May And like the other girls are sexy. And then there's someone wearing like a bubble outfit. Like that was me. I have one picture. All of my friends are dressed as sexy punks, like sexy punk rock girls. No lie. I was the Pillsbury Doughboy. I was wearing white sweats. I had white paint on my face, a chef's hat. And then I stuffed my sweatpants top and bottom with pillows. You guys, I was with a group of sexy punk rockers. And I was the Pillsbury Doughboy. I don't think you could get more unattractive than that. I always get a really good laugh. I I post the picture every year for Halloween. So you guys, I'll post it for you. But, um... It's ridiculous. Uh, Guys, as always, I just want to thank you guys for your your letters, your reviews. You guys, every time you guys DM me or write an email, I freak out. I get so excited. I just got a really nice post from someone who won my last giveaway. That's exciting. Uh, She lived in Montana. Hi, Annie. She lived in Montana and how cool is that, that someone is listening in Montana? I mean, people listen, I guess, according to the statistics all around the world, but I don't know. I just think it's really cool. So thank you so much. Thanks for letting me know where you're from, which parts you like, what you've related to. I, I love it. As always, please like, subscribe, share, follow, do all the things. It really helps me and then I can stay with you guys. Okay, I think you're going to like today's episode a lot. It's going to be really fun topics that I don't know, I get a kick out of. So I'm hoping you guys get a kick out of. So let's get into today's episode, shall we? Okay, guys, my guest today is someone I met fairly recently over the summer, and we became fast friends. I met her at a dinner, and she started sharing things she does that were the most social studies topic of all time. And I was like, you must come on my show. So here she is, guys. I'm so excited she's here. I'd like to welcome Sarah to the show. Welcome, Sarah. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited (laughs) you're here. Uh, Sarah, I want to get right into it because we have a lot to cover. Let's do it. Sarah, you know, I have a lot of people on my show who claim that they are professional complainers. And they are. They do it on their podcasts. their are comics. When I met Sarah, we were at a dinner and she started to share one of her favorite pastimes is actually complaining. Like she actually complains to establishments after the fact she will write emails she As she spoke, I was watching her and I was like, you guys, it wasn't just like, oh, she writes a Yelp review. Sarah, tell, no, it's never on Yelp. Tell us what you do. Okay. So I think
0: one, I think complaint might be like a strong word because sometimes it's, it's not always negative. Sometimes it's like, I have some like really good feedback or really good suggestions. Okay. You know, it's more like, I like to tell you how to do your job. <laughs> rather than like. Like never, ever complain on Yelp or like really in any kind of public forum. And it's really like, it just direct, it's direct feedback. By the way, that's the
1: the better part of this story. The better part of this story is that she's not like going and leaving a review. She'll email the restaurant with a a plan, basically a business plan of how (laughs) they can make it better. Okay, so what I want to start with is... There was a restaurant that opened next to your house. Yes. So there was a restaurant that opened next to your house. You don't have to say the
0: name. You won't say the name because I do also like, I only do this when I'm like super invested in the success of things. (sighs) Like I want them to be better because like this restaurant in particular, like it's brand new. It's right near our house in Montauk. You know, they're claiming to be open year round and like, I need them to do that. Like I need Uh. them to serve an amazing dinner year round so we can go there in the dead of winter and we don't have to cook i think I've, i'm totally over cooking after the last year and a half. And so totally. when this restaurant opened, I was so excited. So excited. The restaurant is beautiful, the decor, like I can't even believe like that it was a dive bar like less than 2 years ago. And the food was very like the menu is not like complicated. It's very straightforward stuff. Like you've got your tuna tartars, you've got your pastas, you've very straightforward summer dishes and flavors. And food fell so flat. It was like shocking. Right. And so I was like, I need to write in. <laughs> <I need." laughs> but this is also not like a Karen situation. Okay. Like I'm not being a Karen. Like I'm not. Like, right. my, She's my not, Karen we want to establish.
1: Wolf. She's not a Karen. She's not a bad person. A Karen, I'm not a she... bad person. It is always with the best intention. Yeah. She is the business coach
0: that no one... Yes. She's the business coach that no one asked
1: for, basically. It's like,
0: I was like a secret shopper, basically. And I was I like, love okay, it. well, here's my form. Okay. <laughs> so now, now what do she it. does is she
1: goes and you email who? The manager? I'll
0: email the manager or just like the <laughs> info at, because everyone like reads everything. And so I went through, we had, and I was like, here are some
1: ideas (laughs) on how to make it better. Tell us some of the ideas you provided to the restaurant because you guys, they were so detailed. I just was dead. I was like, all my listeners (laughs) need to hear it. In fact, I asked her to bring the email on this podcast but she's so organized, her emails delete every 30 days, which is... I'm, I'm like be a digital minimalist.
0: I like don't hang on to anything. And so if it's really important, I will file it away. If it's not, it just gets erased.
1: That's so... That so. gives me anxiety because my entire life is saved in my emails. <laughs> I know. I, can't. I, need, I need to like help you out there. I wouldn't even know what my car insurance was if it wasn't saved from like a back and forth or like something from my car like I literally, well, I'm like
0: afraid to email you. You have so many unread emails. I'm like, she's never going to get it. <laughs> you guys, by the way,
1: for the record, I give everyone full panic. I just want to tell you my home screen, I have 85,889 uh, unread emails oh. Oh and God, 718 like- unread texts like that that just like would never happen on this side. I don't know how it happens. Which is so weird cuz I don't hoard anything in my life but I digital hoard. Yeah, you're a digital hoarder. Okay, sorry to interrupt. Go back to the detailed okay. email that we unfortunately don't have so you're going to have to emailed it from the restaurant to get a copy of it cuz like <laughs>
0: I don't know if you, you get requests like this, but I love it. I, <laughs> I like love a copy it. of this email that I wrote in. But so basically, I went through everything that we ordered, and like I said, like everything was it wasn't like advanced stuff. It was like tuna tartare, like a a like pizza. It was a like a like lobster pasta, and like I had like specific feedback on like what exactly they need to do to make it better because you cannot serve tuna tartare that is warm with bread that's not toasted. <laughs> you can't do that. Like you also can't really serve tuna tartare that's not some kind of Japanese or like a Mexican ceviche flavor. You can't, you just, you can't. Wait a second. I just,
1: I'm going to stop you right there because I some have questions. Are, just so the audience knows, are you a chef? You're not a <laughs> chef. Okay, she said no are you an entrepreneur or a business owner? No. Okay. So your expertise comes from just living life and knowing what works. Exactly. I appreciate that, by the way. I totally appreciate that.
0: I'm a normal person. I would never describe myself as a foodie. I think that is like the worst way to describe somebody. But I just feel like I do know at this point at 32 what good tuna tartare tastes like. I'm with you. What good lobster seafood pasta
1: tastes like. Okay, so you email the restaurant and you tell them what about the the tuna tartare.
0: I tell them that they need to add soy sauce they need to <laughs> chill the tuna they need to, I need sesame seeds on it I need I need I need I need toast that is maybe partially stale and then toasted to add a little bit of crunch uh, by the like, way I'm it, with
1: you for the crunch you need crunch you
0: need it it was the way that it was presented in its original form before I like Tabitha Simmons it she's <laughs> like hand me the
1: keys. I'm taking over. Yeah, you're like <laughs> Tabitha takes over. That's what you yes. are. <sighs> yes. We need to get I'm, you a show. I know, right?
0: Okay, so go on. A so you a normal person coming in and taking over your business. I, is I like, love
1: it. So, you guys <laughs> don't understand. This is so up my alley. Like, I'm obsessed with people who write Yelp reviews, and I'm now obsessed with people who. It's not, here's the thing. What I love about Sarah is it's not just that she complains. It's that she gives them full manifestos of how to improve their business. Okay. So you write about the tuna tartare. What else did you write about about the tuna tartare?
0: So the pasta was like watery. Like it was, I mean, I think the pasta, the way it was proposed on the menu was like anchovies, capers, lemon, garlic, like all these really, really powerful flavors. Like I'm like, I want to wake up tomorrow morning with this taste in my mouth. Like that's what I was
1: expecting. You want to smell for the rest of the week.
0: Completely. Be like, oh yeah, that was the pasta I had three days ago. It's still, it was that good. It was like that powerful. And it was like watery and like flavorless, like completely flavorless. And so the flavors that are promised on the menu were just like not there whatsoever. And so (laughs) I'm like up. I need more garlic. I need more anchovies. I need maybe a little less lemon. I don't know if that's what's causing it to be too watery, but like we need breadcrumbs in there. We need like, we need other parsley. Like you got to like load up the flavors more, like double everything in the
1: recipe. And you put this all in the email. Um, In the email. Okay. Did we touch in any other dishes that we should know about?
0: No, I mean, I went through everything. There were a couple dishes that I actually were like, okay, this... Is a this was good? There it was like one well. one thing. I think I forgot what it was. It was some sort of it, like an Asian flavored dish, and I'm Asian, so I was like, okay, yeah, that was actually passable. Okay, like, it's not perfect, but like it was fine. It's because I, again this is not to be mean this is not to be like give me a free meal even no. like I'm not even looking for anything like that you're I'm just, just helping as your neighbor as our like neighborhood restaurant I'm pure I am just invested heavily in your success because I need you I need a place to go out to eat and I want you to be better and I want five stars from everyone else who writes on Yelp and like I, I don't want to just like publicly complain and, and be like this is the worst restaurant ever. Like, no, I actually really want you to be better. And so here I am as a patron <laughs> coming in, emailing you, the manager and the executive <laughs> chef, telling you Telling the Chef how, how to improve the, the dishes. Improve so that I think it's great. Okay, now <laughs> they get the email and then what do they say? Well, so I'm usually a little disappointed, to be honest. It's always like, "You so helpful. (laughs) Come back and see us. Give us another chance. I never am like, I'm like, where is like the intern that's reading all these things being like, holy shit, this is, we should do this.
1: So you never get something like, we've run it by the chef. And the chef (laughs) totally agrees with all of his training. He is going to make sure... There are more people, like more exactly meeting you wants to hire you. Yeah. No, yeah. That so unfortunately that's never
0: happened. hasn't happened.
1: Do they thank you? Do they say that is like we so have made usually, those changes?
0: Yes. Usually there is some kind of acknowledgement of like, okay, that's actually like not bad suggestions, but I haven't been no, I haven't been hired. <laughs> I'm not working at this restaurant. Is your I don't know. Team, I mean I feel like if I were the business owner, I would want they'd hire you. More away. People I would want more people to write in this way versus just like, you know, randomly complain and put I like agree. one star on Yelp or wherever else.
1: Like, I agree. So you're not a public shamer, which is good. I'm not a public shamer, no. Yeah, I'm like, that's great. That's very kind. Now, let me ask you a question. Is it your dream that one of these places is like, we'd like to bring you on as a consultant? Like, would you like yeah. that? I would love that. You would, I would like love that. that. Listen, this is a special request. If if you're a restaurant or a business and you're listening to this podcast and Sarah writes to you, just make a girl's dream come true. Have the CEO write back and be like, you literally just saved the company from going under. Like that's all <laughs> she needs. That's all she needs.
0: Yeah. Like I need like the, you know, like Sarah's day. Like bring me around. We're like, I get to meet everyone. Oh, she wants. You know what? (laughs) She
1: just clarified. She wants an actual parade. Okay, you guys. (laughs) Yeah, the truth has just come out. Bring me
0: through your office. Like, take me to the VIP section of your restaurant. Be like, this girl has has great ideas. She gives great feedback in a
1: very like disarming way. (laughs) Yeah. You want to like cut some sort of ribbon with it, like an enormous scissor at the front door. Like this is a new rebranding. Yeah. Who wouldn't want that? So I went shopping yesterday and I was, um, Sarah has very good taste. I I do like your fashion. Thank you. That's so nice. And I, I was struggling. I've been shopping a lot lately for clothes because I feel like I haven't bought clothes in two years. I've only bought sweat. Oh, I know. It's like, I feel like I've looked like shit for two years. Literally. And now I want to look good. And now it's time, right? I want to, I want to catch up. I want to own some new stuff. I want to be excited. I want to be excited to get dressed up and go sit outside and have like a homeless person pee right next to me. I want, I want that experience. (laughs) The charm of the city. The charm of the city. So I was shopping and there was like, a bigger purchase I wanted to make. And I, I texted Sarah a picture and I was like, what do you think? Whatever. I ended up buying it. It was a skirt. It was it was probably more than I'd usually spend on a skirt. And Sarah brought up a really good point because I was joking with all my friends and I was like, I now am going to walk the dog every day in this skirt. I'm going to make this skirt... Into my new sweatpants, which it's not, you guys. It's like a like a fancy skirt, but I'm like, I am going to suede sleep in it. Yeah, it's suede. I was like, I will sleep in this skirt if I have to. Sarah had a term for it: cost per wear. Cost per wear. Talk to me about your theory on cost per wear.
0: Well, it's it's the only way to justify like bigger purchases, and so your cost per wear. So okay, whatever. I don't know exactly how much this skirt costs, but like. if if it was $500 and you only wear it five times, like that cost per wear probably doesn't make sense. But if it's like, you're going to wear it for three months straight and like walk your dog in it and sleep in it and like get so much use out of it. Like the, the lower the cost per wear is the more you can justify the purchase. And like, there's, I couldn't agree There's more. There's so many things that, like, if any, it applies to any purchase. Like, I have, I literally have things that are, like, paying me back. <laughs> like, I wear it so much that, like, they're paying me back. Yeah, you feel like they paid you. They paid you to exactly. buy it. Like, mm-hmm. Or, like, things that even just, like, flip-flops paying me back every single day. Those are not flip-flops or like those like Birkenstocks, those classic Birkenstocks that I bought like last summer. They're
1: free. They're,
0: They're free. paying me back. They're free. Yeah. Like I, my cost per wear is basically zero. I wear them all the time and they weren't that expensive, but there's so many other things that I like literally in my closet. I know in my head, I spent a lot of money on them, Yeah, but my cost per and my cost per wear is like not where it should be with it.
1: Do you ever feel pressure to get your cost per wear down?
0: Yes, t- totally. Whenever I buy something, I'm an instant gratification person. So like I, what I'm wearing right now, I bought this yesterday. I like will probably wear this. I wore this yesterday. I wore this today. I'll probably wear it tomorrow. Cause like there's nobody out here in Montauk right now. So no one's gonna see me. So I, my cost per wear initially is going to significantly drop but i do feel like you always wear things when you first buy it and then you like put it away and the next thing comes in my like the way my mind works is that like i literally have an inventory of all like the expensive things that i've ever bought that i feel guilty about because yes. it's like the instant gratification wears off and you're like oh shoot like that was really expensive that was stupid to buy and I really should be wearing that more. My cost per wear is, I need to lower it.
1: I did an episode on hate wearing, like what you do with things you own that you're so upset you bought. Cause I have so many of those. And I how like normal people throw it out or they sell it to the real, real. I hate wear it. Like I (laughs) wear it, but I feel ugly and I hate it so much. But I, so I just like keep wearing it to get the cost per wear down. Yeah, and then once you're like, okay, I've worn this enough, I can move on from it. I can move on. But now I do, before I make a big purchase, like that skirt, I talk myself through all the times I'd wear it, what I'd Mm -hmm. pair with it, what kind of outfit I'd have. Will I really get more and wear out of this outfit?
0: Well, that's such a smarter way to shop too. And I I mean, I do that now a lot more also because I feel like it's... I'd rather buy more expensive things and have less Yes. than buy like a ton of stuff from Zara and have like, so like overflowing amount of like cheaper clothes Yeah. that like I won't, I don't really wear anyways.
1: Yeah, I get that. I get that. I love so. that. So, so listen, everyone, if there's something you want and it's really expensive and you're having trouble justifying it, do a cost per wear worksheet.
0: Yes. See, I like, I, I wonder if like one exists, if not, I will make one. By the way, you should but, make that app or something. You'd be really, that yeah. would be, well, there are certain things like shoes. I always think like a nice pair of shoes, boots always, always, always have a very low cost for wear because it's stuff like, especially in the winter, especially in the fall, like you will wear that, you will default to that. Mm-hmm. more than you would anything else. Like, right. I feel like nicer sandals or like jackets, jackets. Yeah. Jackets are one, like you just, there's are certain, they're definitely certain categories that you just won't, you don't wear as much as you think. And you can talk yourself into it in the moment thinking, oh yeah, no, th- this is different. I'm definitely going to wear this or anything with loud patterns. That's usually like a, that's like a one cost per wear. <laughs> like that's a high, usually a high number. But there's like, there's, there's a way to kind of like figure it out, I think. Yeah. Well, we actually like, okay. had,
1: we actually had this discussion and I I don't want to go too deep into it because I recorded a whole episode on it. We were talking about this when we were away, we were in Colorado and one of the ladies wanted to buy a cowboy hat Ugh, and we were like, "That's no, no, do not do it. You're going to no. wear it here. And you can't yeah. wear it anywhere else. You can't wear it in New York. So that not would worth
0: be it. terrible cost per wear. Terrible cost per wear. <sighs> like, it's fine. It, the thing is, like, people can be okay with that. That's, that's not, like, the way my mind works. Right. But, like, it's totally fine if somebody's like, okay, I know that I will wear this once a year. Yeah. And that's fine. For me, I'm like, no, if I, I need to, I, there's, I bet there's like a threshold. I'm like, I need to wear at least five times in order to like justify my cost per wear. Totally. Like seven times. It should be like 10 times. Cause I feel like nobody re stuff anymore.
1: I know. And everyone's always just buying new things. You know, I used to visit my closet during the pandemic and I felt like it was like a dead person's closet. Like I'd go in there, you know what I'm talking about? Like I, I'd see dresses I remember her. and heels. And I was like, oh, there was a girl that used to wear this stuff in public. <laughs> like it felt literally like, cause yes. I, I have two closets. One is full of sweatpants, sweatshirts, whatever. And then I have the hanging stuff and the shoes Yeah. That closet remained completely shut all through the pandemic. And I'd I'd peek in and I'd have to like look away because it it was so depressing. I know. I felt like it was like the Smithsonian of my old life. I know. You're like, oh, she used to be beautiful. She used
0: to brush her hair. She used to be able to wear... Heels on the
1: subway. <laughs> Heels on the subway, you guys. Heels on the subway was a thing. No, she just wears plastic shoes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a huge... Okay, so I have two very low-end shoes that I never take off. One, the Adidas slides that only boy, young teenage boys wear. They never come off my feet.
0: That's me and my Birkenstocks, the plastic Birkenstocks
1: yeah. and Crocs. E- I wear those. Oh, I said, I can't do the Croc. I just can't oh. make the croc crossover. It, I can't oh do it. Oh my gosh. I'm going to buy you a pair of Crocs. I don't names. think I could do it. Well. because, By the way, I am so tacky. I still love a low Ugg shoe. Love a low oh, Ugg. Oh, I have those too. I'll never part <laughs> with them. I don't care how basic bitchery right the they best. are.
0: Oh, I know. It's like I never really stopped wearing them, even though they like had their moment. And then they like really were, you know, everyone was like Uggs. No. Uggs. No, 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 no. no, no. No, Ooh. I'll never like, give them up. No, off. I still wear them. No, I buy new ones I just, every year. Uh, same, same. I do wish they could like last a little bit longer because they really, it's only like a one. If you wear it all the time, the one you it's a one have to season wear because
1: you if even if they get slightly wet, it's over.
0: Yeah, it's over. It's yeah. over. Well, so I also have these Merrell Hydro Clogs. I would describe as a mix between Crocs mm-hmm. and the Yeezy like foam shoes that he came out with. They're very high fashion. And then of course, I have like the Birkenstock shoes in like many colors because they're just,
1: they are the best. Okay, please believe me because I did start off this segment saying that I texted Sarah from the dressing room because I feel she has really good style. <laughs> and now we are deep in a crock and Merrill hole. <laughs> Everything else but the shoes. <laughs> so I am a big underdress. I'd rather be underdressed than overdressed. Same. So I'm a big like... I like I'll wear a dress, but I'll wear sneakers with it when I when we were in uh, Montauk for most of the
0: pandemic and we came back to the city like this spring when things were definitely like people were vaccinated, the city was sort of turning around and I was still like walking around in like my pandemic outfits and that like yeah. everyone looked amazing I was like oh
1: my god I didn't know I didn't know I'm not ready yet you're yeah totally I think I'm ready well what's so interesting is what I was wondering during the height of the pandemic which we're still in I just have to say that yes, so I don't get we hate now, um but during like lockdown and that dark year we just had I was wondering if fashion would stay in the sweat genre. Like I was wondering if people were going to be like, you know what? Sweat life for life. But now I think it's going to go so far and I am going to be black tie to go to CVS. Same, same. I feel like it's just everyone's like
0: miss that so much, so much, including me. And like, like I think our our styles are very similar. Like, I'm usually like err on the side of like being a touch more casual, but I'm like, I want to wear heels to everything. I don't know if like my feet can actually like mold back. It takes a while. Heels. I am now worn heels a couple. <laughs> I'm times. Like, I'm like- I want to wear. Heels. I'm starting with kitten heels. <laughs> I'm gonna, like trying to work myself back up to my manolos. By the way, like, maybe I the just... kitten heel will return because we need to retrain our feet. Yes, from a practical perspective, I think so.
1: It's actually a really so. good point. I just bought heels, so usually I'm all or nothing. I'm like flat sneaker or like a four inch heel. Like I'm yeah. never a three incher. Like it has or a yeah. two inch. God forbid. But I just bought like a three inch heel and I was like, this seems practical. They're training wheels. Yeah. It's like, they're,
0: they're training wheels. The training wheels are back on.
1: You're so right. Sarah, I am so, I can't believe we're out of time. No. You guys, Sarah is very funny. You really are. I'm so excited you came on. Thank you. I'm so... Well, I just... I obviously like you so much because you think I'm funny. <laughs> That's how it works. That's how life works. That's when someone thinks works. you're funny, you just like live for them. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in to Social Studies with Jenna Kingsley. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to hit subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to stalk me, you can do that on Instagram at Jenna Kingsley. You can visit my website, jennakingsley.com. You can follow me on Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube at Jenna Kingsley. If you have a topic you think we should cover, you can slide into the DMs or send me an email. Have a great week, and I will speak to you guys soon.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe.